extra strong. Roman concrete. Fully hydraulic. Ice natural. connections. It's the engineering podcast. All right, so let's jump into our topic this week of talking about some codes. Nice. Okay. Um, and this topic uh, was thanks to one of our Instagram friends, Brian, there, who asked um, asked what code structural engineers use. So we're giving you a little a little prelim here on what to expect. The the building codes in general. There's two ways to describe them here. Uh, they would describe themselves as uh, looking after the health, safety, and general welfare of the public. Which I think, you know, big picture, that's that's what a code book is here to do. Someone in the industry might tell you a code book is to define the worst a building can be built by law. That's you know maybe the more casual side of it, but it defines not only structures but fire codes and water code and all sorts of stuff on top of that. The code that we have. To Today, International Code Council. Um, many other countries use this. Do you know how many that, that is, Zach? I, Man, I don't know, but it, it's quite a bit, and it's definitely the model code for about every country. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that model code word that's that's pretty important too. That's the another one of these definitions that they try to go by is, is something that is a model code. But maybe we'll, we'll come back around to that. Let's talk about you know where this code came from. The IBC has only been around since I think the year 2000 or 2001, so not you know terribly long. Uh, before that, there were a lot of different codes across the country. Uh, we have the ICBO, the BOCA, the SDCI, and the UBC, and I think you know several others. But around the year 2000, the International Code Council was formed and decided that we should maybe collect some of these. So uh, the UBC plus three others were formed to create what is the International Code Council. And the I, the UBC was, I'd say, probably the most popular. Uniform Building Code was the most popular during you know the last hundred years prior to the, the IBC. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was hundred. I think the UBC was something in like the thirties, maybe formed. But the UBC is, especially in the West, the one you're going to see the most in any office I've ever worked. You know, there's an old like eighty-two UBC sitting around. <laughs> um, they. It, for us, for everything, we will have seen, you know, Mountains and West uh, is going to be UBC. Apparently on the East Coast, they jumped around a little bit more. But yeah, now we've now we've got one if you want to take it, which is another kind of key to this code thing is they come out every three years and sometimes states adopt them, sometimes counties adopt them, and sometimes they don't do anything instead. <laughs> it's, it's easier. Oh, um, yeah. I've, I've worked on some <laughs> projects that are in, you know, like a... Pretty early UBC day or IBC, fairly wow. early. Uh, yeah. And it's 2019. <laughs> yeah, some of these rural counties, you know, okay, so depending on the state you're in, the state will designate whether codes are, you know, selected by the states, um, such as in Utah, or selected by counties, such as in Colorado. Which one do you think? is better state well if, i mean whichever one the person's more on top of it probably state because uh, then you don't have you know 50 groups of five people trying to figure out what their code updates are going to be you know because there are amendments and whatnot yeah so i'm all i think i'm all for state on that one um, yeah and i'm i think maybe one of these days we should sit down with a with someone that does code review and and kind of is more on that side of the world because it's got to be so difficult to stay on top of all this you know the every three years stuff. things are yeah absolutely massive changes i sit on the you know the seismic committee here in colorado and man like the, the seismic changes Wait, there's seismic in colorado there's a couple little earthquakes we actually had one the other day whoa uh, can yeah. you feel it no. no so it's fake news but 
yeah. Just, yeah. The amount of changes to seismic code in the next six years, you know, a couple more cycles is just going to be massive. So, you know, cities that are still with the 2006 IBC, they're going to be missing out on a lot of potential um, thing, you know, changes and, yeah, you could almost argue to some extent uh, life safety. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the whole point of the code is life safety. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it's. I, I'd like the states to choose. There are there are some you know old rural counties that just never updated, and you know maybe they feel that they don't need to, but on the other side, maybe they don't have the capacity to. You know, these very small building departments, you know, for a county or whatever. Right. I've, yeah, I've heard too. They'll let you use the approach of the newest code. They just haven't adopted it. So there's a lot of ways to get around cities mm, that don't have true. the newest good, ones. Good thing to mention is you can always use a newer code because um, it is, you know, the most up-to-date current state of the practice sort of thing. You are, yeah, by default, always allowed to go up. Uh, and even if a code official argues, this is even written, I think, in the IBC. I've seen this around, but no matter what, you can use a newer one. Let's go to kind of breaking down. We've got the code, which we keep saying, the code ICC. The code. In the code. This, in the elusive code. <laughs> We've got a lot of other books, right? We've got something like the IRC, which is International Residential Code. Um, I think they have the International Plumbing Code, the International Building Code, the uh, take any I and just any th- construction word, put it in the middle, and then code at the end. And then <laughs> there's, <laughs> you've got that book too. I mean, there's, it's a huge stack. It, it, it used to be like just one combined small thing, but um, now pretty much every, every trade is in there. Yeah. And every trade has commentary and it's a big pile. It's a big pile. Yeah. So with, with that code, like you just said, the commentary, I mean, that is, how would you define that? I mean, besides using just the word, which is pretty obvious. <laughs> I, I actually use it on a daily basis to yeah, understand to more of what example. they're trying to get to. I use it with ASE 7 with our loading and understanding some of the criteria. I've read a yeah. bit of the IBC commentary to understand some of the reasons why they're doing things. It's a, it's a good way to understand why and to potentially need to get around it or a lot of times i find that it's not relevant to what i'm trying to do and it written... states the fact sort of it says you know you shall use an sds of this if you're in this case and you say what is, you know or whatever some multiplier you say why that doesn't make any sense and then yeah commentary will, will straighten you out and the I- ibc commentary is twice the size of the ibc so, <laughs> so it's yeah, wonderful that was something I didn't uh, I didn't look at for a long time. Starting out is you know open the code, you find the chapter that you need, whatever structural sixteen I think in the IBC maybe, and um, yeah you just go right there. You see your one sentence. And that's kind of confusing, but here's the here's the fact I need. But really, you know unless you're sure of what of what you're up to, take a look at the commentary. It'll probably say something worthwhile. Yeah, hundred percent. That goes with all the code books. Oh yeah, um, I think the masonry the code standard. book is most most information is in the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> the code is just build it right, and then everything else is in the back. <laughs> uh, what about standards? The sub to codes, the underneath they're they're holding up the codes. They're the bricks that make up the masonry code. They're the foundation. There we go. Well, I was going to go bricks, then I was going to go uh, mortar with the like reports. <laughs> I'm in a masonry sort of mind right now. This is what I'm working on at the moment. <laughs> okay, so we've got these standards. Are you drinking coffee? 
Yeah, it's uh, this is also our first morning episode. Do you you got a coffee there? I've got tea. I I got off coffee about a week ago. Man, I think I might have picked up your slack. Yeah, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, yeah, very impressed. <laughs> it's been uh, very difficult. Yeah, I'm mad. Thanks for bearing through with us. What about standards to you know get your mind off coffee? Uh, what uh, what kind of standards do we have? Oh, just all the good ones. <laughs> The standards are, you know, the pieces that make up the codes and, and the codes reference one other codes, but most of those other codes are just standards. So ASCE is a standard, basically. Um, I think there's probably a very precise line that someone in this industry knows, but I, I pretty much refer to anything that is not an ICC book as a standard. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would agree with that. And or testing yes so that's our like third tier kind of reports in which if you listen to our patrick mcmanus podcast you can learn a lot about how you can get a new system introduced into the world of structural engineering by potentially getting it icc uh reviewed and reported yeah yeah you're basically going up the chain there like you start with your reports and what was um what is the testing agency that he it's it's a icc esr report yeah, yeah, sorry, there we go. Yeah, so that's what you'll find. These reports, you know, a lot of standards will reference, you know, you must have an ESR report to use this product, and that'll be where you get basically, like, allowable code values for a wall anchor or something. So, like, looking at this as a full picture, your code says how you should design the building, and it can't cover everything, of course, in all materials, so it has to reference standards. The standards basically say how you should design some material or to certain loads, so it gets a little more specific. And then subbing down from that, the reports that you might have to reference as well tell you how you should design the specific element. So it's you know element, material, big picture, building. Yeah, another thing on with those reports, mostly what you're going to see is the same thing that the manufacturer is putting within their literature, you're just going to find the same loading, but you're going to also find the criteria of which how they, they loaded it. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely, which can be important. Um, we were talking the other day, the testing procedure for a wood diaphragm is at two feet on center. We have four feet on center. What right. does that necessarily mean? And if you, you know, if you just went around blindly that wood diaphragms have this capacity, then you'd kind of be missing the big picture here. Um, I believe. I believe. Certain. <laughs> you have to increase your field nailing to six inches on center from twelve inches on center if you're at four feet on center. Oh man, I feel centered. Thank you. <laughs> I'll do it. Where, what is, is that? that? Right? Is that an NDS or is I don't, we didn't we're not there yet. We just saw uh, it and said, "Oh shoot, it. we got to figure that out." Huh? It's in the NDS. Master of Wood. Why don't you tell me what kind of standards we got available to us? We got a big oh, list. Man. Here's a here's a great list for you. We'll I'll go alphabetical. Just so you know. <laughs> the, these are all the applicable ones for structural engineering that you know we probably use the most. But the ACI, the American Concrete Institute, AISC, the American Institute of Steel Construction, AISI, American Iron and Steel Institute, AITC, American Institute of Timber Construction, ANSI, American National Standards Institute, the APA, which is what we were just referencing, 
with the NDS, Engineered Wood Association. We have ASCE, the American Society of Civil Engineering, which we use ASC 7, which is uh, your minimum design loads. We've also talked about a little bit ASC 41, which is seismic retrofit. A couple other ASCE standards that you'll use uh, that are out there as well. ASTM, which is kind of that national organization for a lot of the testing and standards. AWS, the American Welding Society. I wouldn't say you're necessarily using too much AWS, but you are specifying on your drawings that your welders are certified by AWS. And then there's standards within AWS that or it is the standard, but it kind of tells them the procedures to do welds. So maybe you call out a, a CJP while well, it will go through the how to do that. Then we have the ICC, the International Code Council, which is just referenced in its whole. The PCI, the Precast, Pre-Stressed, Con- Concrete Institute, the PTI, Post-Tensioned Institute, SDI, Steel Deck Institute, SJI, Steel Joist Institute, and the TMS. <laughs> TMS, which stands for the Masonry Society. My favorite is the Masonry <laughs> Society because they're not an institute. I agree. So, Max, with uh, that list, what what would you say is your favorite institute or society? I'm just a big fan of the American Iron and Steel Institute. Gosh, you're such a boss. I know. <laughs> I love wood. So, I know. That's why I wasn't even going to ask. <laughs> but I do. I have, a, I have a different question for you, knowing that your answer is, is wood-related. Okay, you get a new job. You get your first job. Maybe you have a code book or something from school potentially, but a lot of people don't. You're going to an office that most likely will have all of these books, right? Uh, available for you. They'll have a big library. You can look at whatever you want. But a lot of these are pretty nice to have to mark on your own, to highlight and you know play with, do whatever you want with, put under your pillow. What books may be in order, maybe top three? What what do you think is the most crucial to have with you? Like you should buy going to work. You'll you'll use the most. You'll want to mark up whatever. Oh, so I I would say first off, no doubt uh, ASE seven. Yeah, easy. It, the newest one has the provisions and the commentary in two separate books. I'm not sure if you can buy them separately. You probably can. I would most definitely have both. I think the commentary adds so much to it, in which we didn't even talk about. The commentary of these codes aren't technically code. Yeah, that's a good quick jumping back here. It's like you don't have to do it. I think the a good example is you know the reduced wind pressure, which we talked about a little while ago for elevation, um, for a long time was in the commentary of the ASC 7, which sort of says it's a thing people are doing. You know, if you feel good about it and maybe do some additional testing, you can use it. But in some circumstances, maybe it's not the right thing. It's a very um, uh, hand wavy sort of area. Did you bit. know that what they had in there was incorrect up until 20, uh, ASC 716? For the coefficients? Yeah, for the change in altitude. Really? Is so, that why it jumped a little bit? Yeah, so what they started at sea level and they moved up in the atmosphere with dent and with the change in density. Well, at let's say you know with the temperature at sea level to the temperature at five thousand feet is way different when you start at sea level, but when you're at five thousand feet, the temperature is the same at which it would be at sea level, right? Like, yeah, you, you yeah. know, living at Col- in Colorado at five thousand feet, it's not cold all the time. <laughs> we have the same temperatures as it does at at sea level, and so they did not uh, correct that factor, which. Well, your building's going to be on the ground at that elevation. You know, as you move up, it's not going to ch- drastically, you know, get colder. Yeah. Five thousand feet isn't colder than sea level when you have a building at each one. So they didn't correct for that that delta in temperature. Interesting. So they went yeah, sea levels. This for more molecules. 
Yeah, exactly. So ASC 716 finally corrected that. Huh, interesting. A little fun that's fact there. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay, so ASC 7, because you're yeah. going to use that almost every single day, just well, constantly. Yeah, a good one to mark up. And honestly, I've never had that until now. I just got the 16. I was tired of, you know, highlighting other people's books and having them yell at me. <laughs> um, I do have a digital version. Not the same, though. You can definitely find some digital ones around. And some of the older books, like 710, you could just, you know, search 710.pdf and you'll get one but um <laughs> but that's oh, not legal so don't and um i think having yeah. your own books is is really important a lot of times young engineers are like well they're at the firm i can just use them there and, and i totally get it to, to buy them absolutely i get it I, I totally get it but the amount of like i have so many notes in my c7 of things that i just need to like quickly look at and not have to really think too in depth of for for example exposure categories for wind mm-hmm. i just, just have nice a flip too. yeah i have got just a really quick like handwritten exposure b c d and exactly what those mean like so i could jump to what the what i need really quickly rather than the in the code it doesn't really it it does an okay job explaining it and then you when you get into the commentary it starts showing you like pictures and stuff and I was like, well, I can pass up all this if I just write myself a couple notes. Yeah, yeah. And when you go around to taking your PE, your SE, you know, having those accessible and being very familiar with them is is worth so much. Totally. So um, that's okay. that's a big one. I also have my own copy of the IBC. I don't think that's as important. I don't go to it as much, but it is nice to have the co- yeah, copy. Yeah, and you had that from a class in college. Is that right? So you've got a few years ago. Right, right. One. So I've got the... 2015 IBC. Nice. Yeah, so, I've never had, I've never had that one, and I, I don't, I don't want it. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> fair. I wouldn't say that's my. So that's definitely not my second pick, though. So ASC seven. Mentioning where else you can find these. That's another one you can find online. Um, the ICC actually provides that one for free. You can't print it or do anything funky with it online, but you can search it. You can do anything you need. So to me, there's no reason. I mean, the book's nice. Obviously, every office will have one, but yeah, just go online. I would say for me, this is this this goes for everyone. Everyone deals with steel in some manner. So yeah, I'd get AISC uh, steel manual. You you yeah, you always have some sort of steel on your project. So absolutely. And the other thing, I think, I mean, these are in many books, but AISC has nice diagrams for um, for moment, max moment, depending on your loading. Which you know is is in every study book and whatever. But when I'm like, oh, what's you know moment of a point load off center or whatever, something a little weird. Um, I just I always have my ASC, uh, so it's a good reference for that, I guess. Oh yeah, it has plenty of great shear and moment diagrams and continuous spans and. Oh yeah, That's there's a lot of good little, little tips in there. What uh, okay? What else? What else we got? that's where I'm kind of stuck to be honest with you. Really? Oh, I, would... I got an easy end. I mean, I think my three were exactly what you said and I'd end with the NDS. Okay. That it was going to be between the NDS or the ACI. Oh shoot. <laughs> I would say I, I opened both of those probably equal amounts. I would say prior to where I'm at now, I would say NDS cause I was designing wood a lot, but now I kind of deal with concrete maybe a little bit more. Okay. So maybe we end with both NDS and concrete. Um, again, both good. I don't know, you know, price of these. They're all in like the two hundred dollar range, which is such a bummer. With professional memberships, you can sometimes get them cheaper. Um, but after those four, I think that you know that is more than enough to to get yourself in the door and 
and feel like you're prepared, I think. So that's ASCE, the steel book, the concrete book, and the wood book. And then everything else, if you want to add on a little bit more, that's, that's more of this like report side of thing, cold form. You can order catalogs, decking, you can order catalogs. And these are basically the reports that give you the values. You can even order design manuals for all these things, all for free. So if you feel like you know, showing up with a little extra, you can have all your deck diaphragm stuff ready to roll, know how yeah. to design them. And the IBC has design guides that you can buy yeah. too oh, yeah. for wow. structural those, elements. How much are those a piece? About 50 Maybe I believe they're somewhere in there. Yeah, they're not too bad, but they and they have a lot of good information. And I think those are huge for new engineers to kind of understand what they're trying to do when someone says, "Hey, go design this wall." You know, okay, what do I actually need to look at? Yeah, I think that's something where the you know you're always here like, oh, you know, higher ups get paid more. You know, they can bill out more because they're more efficient. Well, I think that's where they're more efficient in is you know you give someone a truss, a new engineer a truss, he's probably going to go through and design every little nuance and every little piece, but a senior engineer is going to know exactly the you know two or three pieces that act you know that need to be designed because then everything else from there is you know trivial. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, we'll we'll have a lot of links for this one because we rattled off a lot and hopefully we'll catch up with ourselves here uh, online. Our website is lagging a little bit beside our podcast. I think we've mentioned the in one of the past couple, but. I just changed states, so I don't. My house is still half under construction here. <laughs> I had to test <laughs> test my structural ability by hand, so I don't have internet or a desk. Um, but very soon we'll be back to our normal recording schedule and uh, updating our website and be bringing some other cool stuff. Thanks for bearing with us, and uh, yeah, you know we're interviewing a lot of people this summer. Yeah, the next two should we. Throw a teaser on that. I, I think we got like, I'm really excited for these. I'll say, uh, I think our, I don't remember, know what order these will come out, but we're interviewing Core Brace, um, which makes these um, BRB braces, which we talked about before, but I'm actually heading down to the office here in a couple of weeks and uh, going to go meet those guys. And then we're interviewing uh, somebody with a structural monitoring system. So if you're interested in, you know, asset management and structural monitoring, I think he's you know real an expert in the field so he's gonna have a lot of good stuff to talk about yeah i'm really excited oh yeah if you guys have any other topics ideas anything shoot us a dm on instagram a message on facebook send us an email any way you'd like we'll get back to you thanks for tuning in this week my name is max and i'm zach see you bye bye